How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome back to another edition of Locked Unbox presented by brewhoop.com. I'm Frank Madden and I'm joined by Eric Name, of course. Eric, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Super excited for this. Super excited because uh, we have, Eric's really not that special of a guest, uh, but we do have a special <laughs> guest and that is uh, Dustin Godsey of the Milwaukee Bucks, Chief Marketing Officer of the Bucks. I feel like Dustin... You're, you you have a, a, a strong internet presence, social media presence. I feel like a lot of people probably know who you are. But uh, let's just kind of start. So so I feel like you, you always are tweeting pictures and, and Instagramming stuff. And then you say like, you know, it's like you and looking at John Stockton talking to Giannis or something. And then you'll say like, <laughs> yep, this is my job. And then, you know, kind of rubbing it in. So you're the chief marketing officer of an NBA team. How the heck does somebody get that job? What 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 is the story of Dustin and and how did you get to to Milwaukee and and be in this role for the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, sure. Well, thanks guys. First of all, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. I assure you, I'm not worthy of of the intro. Um, and you know, hopefully, the uh, your expectations will soon be lowered to the appropriate level. But <laughs> um, but no, really, do appreciate you guys having me on. And and you know, I think um, you know from the standpoint of you know kind of how how you get to be the chief marketing officer of the Milwaukee Bucks or NBA team, um, you know, as as trite as it might sound, uh, I think I was pretty much just I've I've gotten really lucky, um, you know, going all the way back. I growing up, you know, sort of had two things that that I loved and was passionate about, which was was music and sports, and I was uh, okay at music, um, you know, but there's not a lot of a lot of career opportunities for a, a middling clarinet player, um, and not a lot of uh, opportunities for a, you know, five eight limit guy with limited athleticism on the on the basketball court. So, you know, found a, a different different way to kind of go, and and was able to, you know, I've been lucky this thus far to to be able to kind of dabble in both those areas a little bit. So, um, you know, quick kind of career arc a little bit um spent a couple years doing the uh, minor league baseball thing um as an intern uh, iowa has grew up in iowa with one thing we have plenty of is is minor league baseball teams so um spent uh spent a season doing single a baseball you know kind of everything from on-field promotions to you know our kind of where luck came in the first time was our uh, our media relations guy, uh, we'll say, left midway through the season, and um, I happened to be a journalism student who could write a little bit, so I basically picked up the mantle of that for the rest of the season and got some experience there. Then did an internship with a AAA team in the box office, kind of learned a different area of the the business, and then you know completely uh, shifted shifted gears a little bit. And ended up on the arena side of the world, um, you know, which is now kind of interesting to see how things are going to start to come full circle a little bit. But um, worked on the uh, the arena marketing side, 
in Des Moines, ended up, uh, the company I was working for promoted me out to uh, the, the home base in Philadelphia. Um, so, and, you know, kind of running marketing out there, the company I worked for owned the, not only the arena, but both the, the flyer and the, the Sixers. Do a lot of fun, you know, working concerts and family shows and things like that. Um, and then, you know, got to the point where, you know, I really wanted to be full-time back in sports, wanted to maybe get back to the Midwest and, you know, fate kind of aligned and, and that position opened up at the Bucks. So that's the, the kind of the route in which I, I ended up here. So basically you're trying to just, this is just a long con to become a Milwaukee Bucks blogger. I think you got the journalism background, <laughs> you know, something about the NBA I'll talk to some people. We may be able to get you some some work with with Brew Hoop, but um, but I don't know. I'll put in a good word. Well, and and I mean, just to you know, further my credentials on that, I was actually uh, um, doing some some writing for a Cubs blog uh, when I was still yeah. in Philadelphia, and I think a little bit when I first moved to Milwaukee. So <laughs> so I do have the the blogger credentials there too. So um, anything you can do to to maybe hook me up would be great. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let me. So let, let's ask this. So you talked a little bit how, how you got to where you are, um, and I think you you came in was it 2013? You were here for the uh, the 13, 20, 14, 2012. Oh, 2012. Okay. 20, so yeah. So so you came um, sort of. I don't not, I don't want to blame you for uh, the 2013 14 season. So maybe maybe we can divorce you from <laughs> from that whole situation. But um, let's talk a little bit about sort of what um, a chief marketing officer does, and you know, just kind of broadly more the business of, of basketball. And I think when people hear marketing, you know, they think of advertising and they assume, okay, uh, selling tickets and probably that's where people's minds normally go. But, you know, how would you sort of summarize, you know, what you do on a day-to-day basis and just sort of the broader role of, of marketing and, and the, you know, the, the key business things you do uh, for, for an NBA team? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, you're right. Like I think the, the advertising and the, the creative part is probably the, the first thing people sort of think of on on the marketing side, which is, you know, certainly a big part of it. Um, you know, it, my my role overall, you know, we, I touch everything, you know, kind of specifically that, that is sort of fan or consumer facing. So in some way or another, um, you know, all of the, you know, the, the creative services, our graphics team, our video team, um, you know, working with, with all of that crew going through, you know, our game ops, entertainment, all that lives under marketing. Um, then, you know, certainly, you know, working very closely with our, our, our digital team. But, you know, beyond that, like, the one of the things that I love sort of the most about marketing and, and kind of my role is, you know, it's it's really outside of, you know, Peter, you know, in the president's office, things like that. It's it's one of those few roles where I really to be involved in in sort of every part of the business. So, you know, from working with the the partnership team, the sponsorship team on, you know, pitches they're putting together to make sure that, that those stories they're telling and, and what they're selling and then what we can actually then activate them in game um, is on, you know, I, I have to know, you know, ticket sales numbers, you know, from season tickets on down. And it's, I mean, as we get more and more, you know, just really savvy about, who fans are, who's in our database, you know, who, who those potential customers are and, you know, really being able to start, start identifying what, what kind of product we should be marketing. Um, you know, whether it's 
general branding or, or down to, you know, game or package specific, things like that. You know, that's the, that's the great thing about what I do is I literally know every piece of, of kind of the business side of things. So I guess knowing all of that and then I guess kind of knowing where the organization as a whole came from. So you've gone through the ownership change. You, you've seen everything. You kind of get to see everything still. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a new arena, new jerseys, offices have changed. Uh, staffing has changed. Everything seemingly from the outside has changed. Has that been the case for you? Has your day-to-day life kind of changed with kind of everything else in the organization over the last few years? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some things have certainly happened the last four years uh, around the organization. <laughs> that, that's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I think from a, from a day-to-day basis, I think it's, it, it is really just, you know, we've, we've gone from, you know, a, a very small organization, certainly sort of, you know, very, you know, kind of traditional and, and um, we've, our day-to-day and, and the way our business operates is, has really kind of done a, a 180 and has really kind of been flipped on its head. Um, everything from going, from being one of the, the smallest front offices um, in terms of employees in the league to, you know, from a, a ticket sales standpoint, one of the largest um, and, you know, just being able to have kind of the resources put into the the business side but with with that comes you know kind of the the added the added responsibility a little bit and the added pressure so you know it's certainly a, a lot more, a lot higher stakes when you know you've got peter and, and some of the crew coming in and from um, from the knicks and you've got new owners who you know are very great and and, and it's been great about giving us you know everything we all the resources we could possibly need to to do things, um, but you know they they didn't get in into this business necessarily to to sit around and lose money either. So um, you know from that standpoint, there's there's a lot more pressure and and you know the the day to day sort of as as every day goes by, you know we seem to be adding you know one more thing or another thing here and there. So you know it's it's definitely grown as we've grown as an organization, but. You know, when you, when you talk through going through a rebrand, going through an arena financing project, which, you know, is, I was kind of on the sides of, of being part of that to, you know, we're now going to be a, a company that's managing and running in a, an arena. Um, the, and then you've got D-League on top of that and things like that that are coming online. Like this is just, we're really, you know, the the growth of our organization has been sort of astronomical. So Dustin, you, you kind of, I think we're starting to allude to a little bit when you, you mentioned, you know, ticket sales numbers and things like that. And we're obviously on this podcast, we're always talking about, you know, stats and analytics and things like that of, of a basketball team. But um, from a business side of, of running an NBA team, I mean, you know, whether you call them, you know, KPIs, key performance indicators, or, you know, your balance scorecard, whatever uh, lingo you use from the business side. I mean, what metrics are the ones that, you know, are the ones that, you know, off the top of your head, the ones that, um, you know, you as, as chief marketing officer, you're, you know, you're keeping your, your finger to the pulse of every day. And, and, and that's what you kind of, you know, judge yourself by. I mean, I imagine a lot of it's ticket sales, but like what, what kind of specific stuff like really, um, you know, I guess keeps you up at night or, uh, hopefully not too much. Um, but, uh, but, you know, really kind of has, has your focus. You know, I think there's, there's a million and and you know i think at the end of the day what it comes down to is 
uh, is ticket sales and, and revenue. So, you know, really kind of going through and starting to, to, to really get an understanding of, um, you know, we've, we've seen good growth over the last couple of years of, of our season ticket base. Uh, we have a long ways to go in terms of where we want to be moving into the new building in two years. But being able to really start digging in and casting and, and understanding, um, you know, where that room for growth is going to be and, and you know, what the, the types of um, ticket plans and, and product that we can put out there to, to get to the where those numbers need to be. So, you know, again, at the end of the day, it all comes down to ticket sales. But there's a lot of things, you know, that, that you can measure and look at now from, you know, one of the things that has been great for us over the, the last couple of years. And, you know, you get a guy like Giannis that certainly helps out is, you know, things like, like video views, um, where we're, you know, regularly, because the, the NBA shares all these numbers to give, you know, teams a, a kind of a, an understanding of where they are and, and share best practices and that sort of thing. But, you know, we're regularly in the top five in the league in, and not just by market size, but, but overall in, you know, video views on social and on web and things like that. So to, you know, have that sort of understanding of, how far, you know, we might be in a small market, um, but, you know, to, to be able to see the reach and, you know, the, the popularity and that, you know, people are starting to pick that up, you know, it goes down even deeper to, you know, things like TV ratings, merchandise sales, you know, that's all stuff that sort of touches the brand, um, gives you an idea of, of kind of sentiment and, and, you know, where we are with things without, you know, directly relating to ticket sales. I, I think when, when Peter came in, one of the things he talked about specifically well, on the ticket sales side was sort of the corporate versus the individual season tickets. And it seemed like, you know, one of his early realizations was, you know, we're way behind on the corporate side. And so is, is that been like a big focus? Um, I mean, obviously you're trying to, you're trying to grow everything, but has that been a big focus sort of since the ownership change that, you know, maybe there were um, to try to build out that corporate side. And obviously, you know, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not talking about New York city here, but uh, obviously Milwaukee has, you know, it's fair share of big, big companies and it's um, you know, it is a, a big city in, the, in, in sort of the grand scheme of, of the universe. Is that been yeah. a big talking point the last couple of years then? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And, and you guys are right on in, in terms of, you know, kind of one of the, one of the priorities when, when Peter came in was, you know, we were, and he said this, we were, we were really kind of flipped from what the, the standard is in the NBA. So, you know, generally you're looking at 60 to 70% of your season ticket holders in the average NBA market are, our corporate accounts. Um, for us, we were, you know, 60 to 70%, you know, personal accounts, which is great. And it, you know, I think lends very much to some of the, the uniqueness and the atmosphere that, that we do have, you know, in our, our crowds, um, you know, especially when you get those games that, you know, are just kind of electric in ways that, you know, truthfully in, in a lot of NBA towns, like, the the BMO Harris Bradley Center when you know you get a night like that Warriors game last year, um, it it feels a little bit different than than what you feel sometimes in other buildings, and I think that's you know because we have had those those you know personal accounts, we have you know a ton of you know season ticket accounts that have have been around through the entire 48 year history of our team. So you know we certainly don't discount that, but you know just from a sustainability and a business 
perspective, we need you know those corporate accounts that aren't necessarily as sensitive to you know the the cyclical sort of nature of of the sports world, or at least what we you know hope to to have those those ups to go with with some of the downs on the court. You know that's certainly a goal of ours, and and definitely a big focus as we've you know really you know I mentioned the the sales staff. We went from you know seven or eight full time ticket sellers to you know, at the peak, about 45, you know, and that's just getting those, those folks in, getting them on the phone. And, you know, that, that takes a couple years to, to build that. I mean, the, the revenue that a, a, a ticket seller brings in their second year on the phones is, is, you know, three or four X what a, a first year person does. So we've had to build that bench a little bit from that standpoint. And a lot of that is, is, you know, really cultivating that, those business business opportunities and, and business relationships. As you move from the Bradley Center to a new arena, do you do you have any concerns about kind of keeping, let's say, that personality, the fact that you can have the fan base like you would and so many personal accounts? Do you worry about losing some of that as you move to a, a new arena? Um, you know, I, I think there's, there's always sort of concern with that with, you know, any team that moves from, from one building to another, um, you know, whether they're in a, a sellout mode all the time or, or not when they're, when they're doing it. I think, you know, you look at, uh, I'll use a, a Philadelphia example, just, you know, because that's kind of where I was before. But you look when, when they went from, you know, the vet, which was this you know, terrible concrete donut, but, you know, from a, a fan experience, like, so beloved that, you know, it was just loud and the, the atmosphere in there too, you know, a state of the art arena that or stadium that I think, you know, took people a couple of years to, to get used to. And, and they tweaked and they did some things there to, to help it. And I think, you know, there's going to be that transition, but I think the best part of our arena and, and kind of the plans on this is, you know, where the Bradley center is great, you know, when it's full and a great crowd and it gets electric when, you know, we aren't quite at that sellout, it's a tough building just from a standpoint of, of how it's sort of set up. Um, you know, there's plenty of talk about the fact that, you know, it's a was built for hockey and, and you know, the, the upper level is bigger than the lower level. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to flip all that in the new building. And, you know, we're, we're really designing this with an eye towards fan experience and, and making it, you know, much more of a, a fan friendly building than, than where we are now. Is does that Dustin, does that mean that we may see uh you on the clarinet leading a reincarnation of street life? That might that might really give give uh give the crowd a, a shot in the arm. Just just spitballing here. Free ideas. Free ideas. Um uh, unfortunately, you know, I I sort of you know, the, the heyday of street life predated me, but you know, I did get you know, a, a couple years of, of still having um a few a few games a, a year where they were in and uh i don't think i could keep up with them i think it's it's been too long for me <laughs> fair enough um well let's like, i mean from a fan experiencing i think <laughs> one, one thing that's always interesting is um when i talk to people who work for the team and part of me is you know part of me is like it's a natural to be jealous like people work for the team but then part of me just looks at it and says man you know i'm obviously you know eric and i are, are fans we you know we, we've probably compartmentalized that a bit just because you know, we write about the team and you can't, you sort of have to unplug a little bit, but I mean, when it is your day-to-day livelihood, the, the, you know, this basketball team, um, 
I mean, how do you manage sort of the emotions? Because obviously winning and losing obviously affects the bottom line of the business and it affects, you know, those those metrics that, that you're obviously working really hard um, to try to, to, to optimize. Um, I mean, how, how has it been for you? You know, I mean, you obviously have worked in sports a long time, but um, working for a pro basketball team now that obviously has had a lot of ups and downs in the in the time you've been here. Um, you know, how, how is it for you? Have you mastered the art of managing uh, your emotions sort of in, in the fan side of, of, uh, of you know, the, the life of working for the Bucks? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 amazing how much you feel, you know, when you leave the arena after a game. Um, it It's still after this much time, you know, I feel like I was on the court and I won or lost with the team. So um, and I think, you know, it's good to have I would I would hate to get to the point where I, I don't feel that way. Um, you know, and it, it starts to feel a little bit just kind of like a job. Um, and and I think that's the thing. And and one of the, you kind of touched on it, but, you know, one of the challenges with, with you know, especially, you know, marketing or sales or anything in, in the sports side of things is, you know, when you're doing this on, on kind of a, a consumer product or, you know, anything else, like you, you have some, you know, kind of understanding of, you know, what, what it is you're going to be, you know, selling and working on for the next, you know, year or two years or, or whatever it is you have. A sense of you know kind of you know specifically what what that product is or how it's going to perform or that sort of thing you know the both the the great thing about sports and the reason we all love it is you know the unpredictability and and, and you know that that nature of not knowing what's going to happen and you know those unscripted moments but you know, on the flip side of that from a marketing perspective like that that can be a challenge <laughs> from time to time when you know you can go into um, you know, a season like last year where it was, you know, easy to get caught up in, you know, kind of the the good feelings from, you know, kind of a surprise year the, the season before um, and lose sight of, of sort of the, the bigger picture and, and the plan and, and what's going on and, and you know, get get sort of caught up in the emotion of, of what's going on and then, you know, on the flip side, get a little bit depressed when, when things aren't going that way. So you do have to sort of as much as I, I'm not great at it, divorce yourself a little bit from, you know, sort of that that emotional side of it because, you know, it, it can be a grind <laughs> when you're you're going through a season like we did in in thirteen fourteen and and um, you know nothing really seems to work and I think you know for us you just have to keep focused on on kind of big picture and and what you know I really sort of preach to to our guys and and talk about is you know we have to prepare for, you know, again, that cyclical nature of sports and, and what, what's going to happen, you know, when the team here in the next couple of years really starts, you know, putting a consistent product on the court and we're winning, you know, we're going to all look like geniuses. Um, but what we have to be ready for is that sort of, you know, inevitable downturn, whether that's in five years or 10 years or 15 years, we have to, to be prepared in a way for, for that more than we were, you know, in the past where, you know, it was just something that we, we were just kind of out there and, and hadn't really prepared for, you know, the down years and in a way to, to be able to sell and something that, that wasn't the best product. I guess this was something I wanted to ask, and you've kind of mentioned both parts of it for me. So it's kind of a nice little uh, convergence here of those two ideas. But earlier you mentioned with Giannis, you get a ton of video views and 
you kind of have players there that are doing awesome, but they could get traded at any moment. Or there could be, say, an injury like the one Middleton suffers. And you you're, you still have a team that you have to market and you have to figure out kind of how that things right. how things work so how do you try to balance the the personalities that make the nba so great but also making sure your team stays on message is that is that a difficult thing to balance it it certainly can it is and can be as far as if you're not sort of set up and and have the right mind frame of of what you're doing um, and, and kind of what, you know, strategically what, what you're trying to do. So for us, yes. I mean, at the end of the day, we want, you know, we're, we can't wait until we're, you know, winning two or three rounds of the playoffs consistently and, and going through. And, um, but you know, at the end of the day, there's you know <laughs> four teams a season who, who win three rounds of the playoffs. So, um, you know, even on a, in a good year, that's, that's a challenge, but, um, I think, it's we certainly and and it's nice. It, it is admittedly it is nice to start to have some of those players and those personalities, um, you know, starting to break out and and really being able to to capture people's imaginations. But on the the flip side of it, you know, we we need to be honest and we need to be kind of transparent about the fact that this is a process. There's there's ups, there's downs. We've seen it, um, and you know, truthfully, the 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 job of the marketing department is to to be able to craft the stories, and and give people an idea of, you know, what's going on, and and get people inspired to to follow something, you know, because of a vision that's coming down the road. So, you know, yes, uh, Chris's injury, especially 24 hours after after the news of the Giannis extension, you know, was kind of a a kick in the pants a little bit. You know, kind of it was the the roller coaster of the life in sports all within about 48 hours. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those things. And as we are, you know, kind of talking through our story and, and, and giving an idea of, of what we're trying to do, you know, it's one more of those sorts of, you know, this is, is a process. It's, you know, when we talk about, and, and when we kind of launched own the future, I guess we're going on three years of, of that campaign. You know, we knew at the time that was, sort of a, a three or four year campaign. We weren't promising, you know, immediate results. We weren't promising, you know, on, we weren't even, you know, we're, we're not going out and even saying, you know, we're going to win a championship by X date. It's, it's really more of a, about that idea of, you know, there, it, it's going to be a journey. There's going to be, you know, a process of, of going through this and, um, you know, something like, like Chris's injury, um, like Giannis's extension, like, you know, sort of the, the second half breakouts, like, you know, some of the, the stories you guys are going to see just in, and, you know, the personalities that, that are going to shine through this year. Like, it, it's all part of that sort of building process. And, you know, for us, it it's a unique opportunity uh, beyond what's what's going on in the court is, you know, what what we're kind of trying to do and, and build from a, a culture and a, an expectation standpoint on the basketball side is, you know, really what we're, we're trying to help kind of lead in the city. And, and we feel, you know, it's one of those things even before new ownership came in that, that, you know, some of us talked a lot about is there's a, a real opportunity for us to, to really kind of mirror that, that story arc of, of the city and, you know, kind of a, a, you know, past glory a little bit, maybe kind of forgotten and, and really back on the rise um, and it's it's a really interesting parallel, 
and kind of an interesting dynamic between those two that I think allows us to to start to put together a, a personality and an understanding of who we are that that will let us you know continue to to kind of build and hopefully you know get some some equity from people who have maybe you know kind of tuned us out over the years and I think you know beyond that just you know from purely the messaging standpoint we have to make sure that that when people are at games and they're coming and you know every opportunity that we have to to have a, a touch point with people whether that's you know the block parties that we've started doing um fan fest to you know whether they're at the game because somebody gave them a ticket or somebody uh, or you know they purchased it we have to make sure that, that experience is something that that is completely memorable and you know makes them want to come back more and that's where we'll leave off for today we'll have part two of our interview with Bucks Chief Marketing Officer Dustin Godsey for you on Friday. So please come back for that. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.